And we are back with episode number 10 of the SK Twins podcast. And we have a very special guest for you today. We have Thomas Narmo, the professional MMA fighter hailing out of Norway. He is currently 2-0 and he will be appearing on UFL 4 on the 28th of November, just coming up around the corner. How are you doing, Thomas? Hi, I'm good, thanks. Um... That's, uh, I'll just correct you right away. It's, it's 3-0, not 2. Oh, okay. Sorry, you're 3-0 now. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, soon, soon to be 4-0. Yes, soon to be 4-0. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, just to start with, um, I just want to thank you for coming on to the podcast to begin with. And um, thanks for having me. Yeah, our pleasure. And to begin with, we'll begin the same way we always begin. I'm just going to ask you, how did it all start for you in Norway? How did you, when you were growing up as a little kid, how did you get into martial arts? Uh, I started playing hockey actually when I was, when I was younger. Oh, so, interesting. Uh, uh, so martial arts wasn't really my thing, you know. Uh, uh, competed uh, top level of hockey in Norway and also outside of Norway. I went to Finland after high school and played professional there. Really interesting. So you're actually you have a lot of experience uh, in another sport. So you're actually an elite athlete in hockey. When you're yeah, younger. two sports. No, I, I, yeah, two sports pro for now. Maybe maybe I'll go three. Maybe I'll do some pro boxing or stuff. So I can say I'm a three sports pro later. Well, you well, yeah. You never know. I mean, you're athletic. Your size. I mean, how young were you when you shot up to that kind of height? Because what's your height right now? You're six six, I think. Six seven. Six seven. Yeah. So, what what age did you shoot up? Were you always big, or did at a certain age did you just kind of shoot up in height? Uh, I've always been the biggest, the biggest guy in the room. Since <laughs> I was a little kid. So. <laughs> You've always been the biggest guy. You've always been the tallest. So, how old were you when you were taller than your parents? That's what I want to ask you. <laughs> You're towering over your parents. Uh, I, I, I was probably in the fourth. I'll say fourth, fifth grade when I was. Uh, Bigger than my mom. So. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And, uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> uh, we we grows fast. Is something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's brilliant, man. Just, <laughs> but so so tell me. See, uh, in Norway, just in general, uh, I want to know what is it like for little kids growing up. Like, where are you from in Norway? What's the town or city you come from? Uh, I'm from a small city right side of, outside of Oslo. It's like probably 10, 15 minutes outside. So it's pretty close to, to the capital. Okay. Uh, decent place. You know, you can't compare Norway to a lot of other places in the world. It's, it's really easy to live here compared to, to other places. So say, mm. growing up as a kid in Norway, then you're blessed. That's, wow. that's what I can say about that. Wow, wow. What is it like? What is it like for infrastructure for sports? I'm interested to know on amateur scale. Do the the government put quite a lot of effort into that kind of thing? Uh, sports in general, or uh, yeah, well, grassroots, like grassroots level. Yeah, they do it in, in football stuff like that. Football, uh, I'd say hockey as well. For uh, like, if not as much as football, but because. Football always been waiting it's way cheaper you know just put some grass somewhere and put the kids out and kick a ball ball around so very true that's very true but, but uh, and skiing of course obviously we had the cross-country skiing where we're the best but we're probably the only ones that does it so i mean mm. like how much 
much credit will you will we put into it? That's <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. So it's things like combat sports and things like that around uh, Europe, uh, particularly in Scandinavia, have been growing a lot in the past ten years. Like it's really grown and shot up into the skies. So as the governments and like the, the people in Norway and countries like that, and obviously Denmark, etc., are they? In your opinion, are the government and the media, etc., picking up on this and actually putting more effort into promoting mixed martial arts or combat sports as a whole? Uh, it was for, uh, like a little bit for a time with boxing. We had, uh, we had Cecilia Pekus, the boxer, yeah. the female boxer. Uh, and, uh, you know, professional boxing was legalized in 2015 or 16 here in Norway. MMA is still illegal. So. <laughs> Okay, so there's still there's still room to grow there. Have big guys having to go abroad to compete, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, with media wise, it's, it's it's not that much, you know. It's something here and there, but uh, it's it's starting to pick up. So that's really good. Uh, hopefully, it's like probably the past two three years, it's been picking up a lot. Yeah, but I guess guess a lot a lot of. Uh, stuff has to do with Conor McGregor growing so, so like rapidly fast as well oh yeah absolutely when he came on the scene 2014 uh, since then it's, there's been a dramatic growth in Europe um, yeah. yeah it's been it's been huge to see uh, what do you call it I was going to say um, it's very interesting and I just want to know um, so when you finished hockey uh, well, not finished, because I don't know if you still play hockey or not, but when you decided, I'm going to take a switch here, and I'm going to start training in martial arts and get into this, what was it that made you yeah. want to change sports? Uh, well, I played professional hockey in Finland. Uh, Finland is probably one of the best places in the world to play hockey. Uh, and I, I played there, uh, injured my back, so I had to retire from hockey or... I didn't have to, but the doctor said I, I'd need at least two years to, to rehab my back before I would be able to, to step back on the ice. Oh, it's terrible, man. Uh, and uh, when you're young, you know, two years feels like a lifetime, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what happened is that uh, I didn't like, I felt like I lost everything and I uh, moved back home to Norway, kind of have to find myself again, you know, like like what what do i want to do with my life now and uh um, yeah i can bet that uh, was quite hard i bet that was quite a hard period like for you to regain your focus yeah. kind of thing yeah i was i was down there down in the down in the some deep dark places yeah 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 I really really lost myself but the good thing is that you can always get back up you know just uh you just have to find something and for me that was that was MMA by accident, actually. Yeah, it usually does happen so, by accident. Yeah, so, so, what, so what happened is that uh, I went to a guy who was, so he was kind of helping me. He's a, um, uh, I don't know what it's called in English, word, but he, he uh, sorts of, uh, he does like rehab training and stuff like that. Yep, yep, yep. And he told me, like, you should really try out submission wrestling because I wasn't really into like lifting weights and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, submission wrestling might be good for you, you know, to, like, strengthen your core, uh, mobility, everything like that. So I figured, yeah, yeah why not? So he gave me an address to a, to a club where I could go and train submission wrestling. Wow. <laughs> and and, um, and he was supposed to be there because he was also training it, you know. So, so I went there and 
went into the fir- first uh, first room I saw it was uh, it was some guys there and, uh, and then one guy said he, like the coach he was there he said oh you're you're new and I just went in and uh, uh, he asked me if I had any equipment and I told him I had a, a drawing guard and a mouth, uh, mouth shield like gum shield and he said like yeah perfect you can borrow the rest and I figured I was like alright do I need anything else for this but sure so he gave me a pair of boxing gloves and some shin guards and uh, after a while I figured out it was, it was a Muay Thai class that was a bit wrestling but, but anyway it was fun so that was great. So he did. So he signed up for. You went into trade submission grappling. Your first experience. They end up. You end up putting getting put into a Muay Thai class. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. It's basically the same sport, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. No, it's brilliant. So yeah, from so from there, I take it you just kind of caught the bug and you just wanted to keep training. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's really what happened, you know. And then I started to go to, to submission wrestling classes as well. Uh, did some Muay Thai fights, did some BJJ tournaments, some Nogi grappling tournaments, stuff like that. And uh, uh, at the same time, I started compete, competing as an amateur in MMA. Okay. And, uh, <clears throat> but it was, to be fair, it was terrible to, to try and compete, uh, especially when you're a big guy like me. Like going heavyweight in uh, in MMA, like it doesn't matter if it's amateur or if it's pro. You know the guys hit hard anyway. So well, why would you do it for free? You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, like so, it was really hard to find opponents. That was the biggest issue because uh, everyone was pulling out. And especially <laughs> for me, like living in Norway, I had to pay your own flights to go over to, say, to the UK or whatever to. Like to be able to compete. Yeah. <laughs> to be able to go. Yeah. yeah. To be able to develop yourself. <laughs> yeah, uh, and um, when guys are pulling uh, out, it's making it very difficult for you. Yeah, yeah, it was really hard. And uh, so I and, bet, I bet you were actually, I bet you were at some point you were actually very put off, and you're thinking, man, maybe, maybe I shouldn't do this sport because I can't really well, progress. Times I, I still do it from time to time, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I mean, the thing about this game is you have to really want it. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. really be fully doing this for money. Because it's so difficult no. to create a career that you can live off. So if you don't love yeah. this, you don't live and breathe for combat sports and competition, then you're in the wrong. You're in the wrong career. You know. Yeah, that's true. And, I, and uh, that's the thing. I love to compete. You know, it's like everyone wants to be, be a tough guy and say, "Yeah, I love to fight," but. I don't like to fight, I like to compete, you know, it's two different things. Exactly, it's two different things. People, they want to do this stuff not just for fighting, it's the thrill of competition, it's getting that buzz, uh, you know, all these different things. Your family, the cam- camaraderie in it, the brotherhood that in martial yeah. arts. I mean, there's so many positive things it gives you. It's not all about going out there and making money and, and uh, uh, all this kind of stuff, but obviously, we're not going to lie and say we don't want to get paid money to fight. Everybody wants to get paid. Yeah, true. Everyone wants to get paid. So that's really interesting. How many amateur fights did you manage to actually get in then, in total? Uh, I got four fights in in about, I'd say, uh, like uh, in about one and a half year. I got four fights. I, I, I could have had like 10, 15, but guys kept pulling out. Yeah, I, yeah. I was, I, I was even able to go down to, to light heavyweight, you know, and fight there, and I cut weight, everything, and then the opponents don't, don't show up on the scale, stuff like that. So, yeah, it was terrible. 
not a really good good experience for you. But then after that, you managed to um, turn professional. So tell me a little bit about that. When did you make your pro debut and where was it? I was in, back in 2019, so it was last year. Okay, um, so it's not even it was, been long. Uh, no, but what, I, what really happened is that I lost my job. Okay. And uh, uh, I don't know, my son, he was like, yeah, he wasn't even born yet. It was like a week or so before I was supposed to, to have a baby, you know. And I figured like, shit, well, what, what should I do now? And uh, so I figured that why not? Let's do it. That's it, man. That's it. In life, you need to take risks, man. You need to take risks, so you need to go for it. And if there's anything to fight for, it's your kids and your family. Yeah, that's true. So it gave me uh, extra motivation. So I, had, uh, I had like, I'd say five weeks or so to, to prepare for for the fights. So I like, made my pro debut at Fight Star in, in London. Yeah, Raj Singh Show is a good friend of ours. Yeah, that's true. Uh, really nice guy. It was uh, it was a good show actually. I really enjoyed it. So uh, oh, yeah, went there, uh, finished the fight in like twenty seconds or, or so. So it was a quick night. Nice, quick night's walk. Uh, quick trip to London, yeah. eh? Back to Norway. Yeah, yeah like, I think I spent probably more time at uh, at the Disney store in London, you know, trying to find something for my son. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. That's brilliant. Well, with their winnings, yeah. <laughs> with their winnings, you gotta you spent more time looking for a little gift. Brilliant. Yeah. So uh, that's that's really good. So and then after that, obviously, you've compiled a four and zero. Uh, sorry, three and zero. I beg your pardon. Record so far, yeah. um, which is looking really good. You're uh, a good prospect in Europe right now. You're you're three and zero. You're a heavyweight. Um, there's not many heavyweights out there, and the current heavyweights that are prospects have all been signed the Tom Aspinalls and uh, the other kind of fighters of that kind of nature they're all being signed with very similar records to you so the truth is another win or two I mean uh, we could see you fighting on a major league hopefully so yeah I've already been in talks with uh, I'm not going to name drop a lot but uh, a few few big organizations around uh, around the world some in Europe and some other places as well that are uh, really keep keeping their eyes, eyes, yep. eyes and ears. Because that's the thing. Because um, you're a heavyweight, and the thing is, heavyweights are always marketable. No matter what, people want to see the big boys get in there and fight and throw down. So yeah, that's true. And that's the, true the because, fact that you're uh, on, unbeaten too. Yeah, you know, the, and uh, everyone wants to uh, see the guy that finished the fight. It's just that's the thing you want to see a finish, and that's why people like the heavyweight division. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely, and you have all finishes right now on your record, don't you? Three and all, three finishes. Yeah, two TKO and one submission. So yeah, one submission. I was actually at one of your pro fights, which was really cool. Uh, Birmingham last year. Uh, it was uh, the battle, battle. Uh, is it? What's the name of that show? The MMA show, Battlefield Arena. Yeah, Battle Arena, yeah. Battle Arena, that's it. They're actually Scandinavian, aren't they? They're from, do they, does the guy who runs that, I think he's Norwegian, is he not? Uh, uh, no, he's not Norwegian, but they have close, tie, uh, close ties to, to Norway, and I think they're trying to do like shows all over Europe or around the world now with Battle Arena. So that's cool. It's really cool. That's really cool, the fact that but there's it, other organizations. Basically, basically it's, it's 
basically an amateur promotion, I think, but it, they started to do some amateur, you know, some pro fights for the Norwegian fighters. Excellent. Yeah. Like, like but, but it, it, not like you couldn't have too many pro fights, I think, because they were like, then you have to pay, you know, if guys come in with big records, they expect big money as well. True. True. It was a well-run show. I remember the show was really well run. It was in the Edgebaxton uh, cricket ground, which is a really nice venue as well they used. Yeah, I agree. It was really, it was pretty good. They had some good referees there as, there as well. They got the, the guy that, he, he, he's a referee in K1 as well. I think he's in Glory and stuff like that. No, I can't remember his name. I know who you're talking about. He does a lot of, yeah. he's an ISK highly rated referee. He does a lot of uh, glory kickboxing, anything elite level, he does pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're right about that. So yeah, that's really cool. And now you're three and all, which is awesome. So I just wanted to ask you a little bit about your training, because I know it's obviously hard for you to get sparring partners and stuff like that. If it's hard for you to get fights, um, so I just wanted to ask, who are some of the people you've been able to train with uh, during your journey in MMA? Because I know that you come to the UK quite a lot and you've trained with different camps here. So yeah, could you just tell me a little bit about that? Some people you've been training with and stuff like that, any camps or that that you went and visited? Uh, yeah, I was in, uh, last time I was uh, in the UK, I was at the BST Academy in uh, Northampton, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty good camp. They have a lot of good fighters there. Run by Danny Batten. He's an MMA yeah. a pioneer of the UK, legend of British yeah. MMA. Yeah, it was it was uh, interesting to pick his brains as well. You know, his take on MMA and uh, like really nice uh, guy as well. Yeah, yeah, he's funny. He's a funny guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, back in 2012, I remember I was in university in Northampton and I used to go and train in their gym briefly. And he was the nicest guy in the world, uh, really good to train with. And that was all the way back in 20, sorry, it was actually 2011 and he was a brown belt back then. Yeah. So obviously, he got his black belt very soon after that. And I, I remember talking to him and he was telling me about when he'd fought Imanari and uh, he fought yeah. Imanari on two weeks' notice. And uh, he, he basically lost a very close, razor-close decision. Uh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just it's amazing, you know. And he's just such a lovely guy, honestly. Uh, he's doing really well nowadays. He's got a lot of really good fighters. So it's great to see that. It really is great to see him doing well. Yeah, so, so there's a lot of good fighters there. And I've also been to Wales, actually, to the uh, Shore MMA. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I can't remember what it was called before. Uh, before they changed their name there recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they have some good fighters as well. We got uh, Jack Marshman and Jack Shore, prospects like that. Yeah, Jack Jack Marshman. Yeah, he's a veteran of the UFC. He's actually a paratrooper in real life. Yeah, yeah. I heard something about his last fight. He was <laughs> he was supposed to be in the army, but went went to fight. So. Yeah. It's crazy, but yeah, he's very yeah. talented. Very talented camp. A very, very good yeah. coach. Excellent coach. Um, uh, 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 yeah. What what uh, was interesting to see is like the, the different mentalities, like of, uh, of different camps as well, like going around, like uh, because people obviously they come from different places, you know, like some some neighborhoods are rougher than others, so the same. So very uh, true. Very get, very true. Get to experience that as well, which is really interesting. Yep, yep, no, absolutely, that's absolutely true. So, I just want to ask you, um, yeah, that, that's really it's interesting to know this kind of stuff, but I just want to ask you, you have a fight coming up, um, I believe on the 28th of November on UFL 4. Just want to ask you about that. You're fighting for the heavyweight title, um, 
I just want to ask you a little bit, how is your preparations going for this bout so far? I've been, I've been, I feel like I've been preparing to fight since uh, January. So it's uh, it's about time now uh, with the whole pandemic going on, everything has been locked, locked down, stuff like that. Actually, we're back on lockdown now in Norway, so... Same in the uh, UK, yeah. So uh, I'm still training, you know, but... Uh, probably should, shouldn't be saying that out loud, but I'm still training. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, but I feel I feel feel good, feel ready. So that's the most important. And uh, now it's only two weeks left or under. It's like 10, 10 12 days now. So yeah, yeah. So it's like coming if, around if, the corner. If, if if I'm not ready now, then I won't be ready in ten days anyway. You know, so. That's very true. That's very true. And uh, yeah, you're fighting for the heavyweight title. Um, on quite a, it's 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 um a great opportunity for you to be honest because like you're saying because of the virus you've not been able to compete you've kind of been on the shelf like most fighters um uh, that that are not signed to a major league so it's a great opportunity for you to go in there fight for the heavyweight belt hopefully win it and then yeah fingers crossed a big league will come knocking on the door for yeah, you yeah yeah I feel like yeah, I'm on the, like. If I get one or two more wins, then the big leagues are they're there because like three, three and oh, it's like it's it's hard, and you you probably need to beat a big name, you know, out of these these three names. But if you're like four or five uh, wins on your record, then it's easier for them to pick you up. Yep, absolutely. So yep. so hopefully something can happen after this. Uh, make a good a good statement at the UFL show. Absolutely, no, and we're very, very glad to actually have you on the show. So, um, listen, we're at the end of our podcast now, and I just want to finish off asking you a couple of quick-fire questions, and it's literally a one-word answer. Um, All right. So we'll just go straight away. So your favorite martial arts movie of all time? Favorite movie? Yeah. Uh, Oh, shit. Uh, Warrior. (laughs) Warrior. Yeah, what's it? Who's in that again? Um, uh, What's his name? I can't remember his name. I know what you're talking about. The one with his two Tom brothers. Hardy. Tom, Tom Hardy. Tom, yeah, Tom yeah, Hardy. yeah. Good film. Great film. So, um, um, so it's one word answer, right? Who's better? Uh, Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Uh, I'll say Stallone. Stallone, right. Um, Commando or Rambo? Uh, Rambo. Rambo. <laughs> okay. Uh, what are we going to go for? We're going to go for Demolition Man or Terminator. I don't know why I'm comparing the two, but we'll go for that. Uh, well, uh, demolition sounds more fun. Let's go for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bro- <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Okay, uh, okay. Now, greatest martial artist of all time? Uh, John Jones. John Jones, okay, brilliant. Uh, who'd win out of a fight? Um, uh, Bruce Lee or Muhammad Ali? Those guys are so big and different, like different sizes. I'd say Muhammad Ali probably wins. <laughs> Muhammad Ali, brilliant. All right, who's cooler, Batman or Superman? Uh, Batman, definitely. Batman. All right, brilliant. Who's your favorite comic book villain of all time? Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, <laughs> of all time, uh, I'll say Superman. Superman. Jeez, I don't know really. <laughs> There's still many to pick, you know. <laughs> one more answer. Come on. Uh, Favorite of all time, Joker. Joker, oh, brilliant. The same as me. Excellent. All right. Um, favorite um, fizzy juice. I don't have any. None. Oh, brilliant. So favorite favorite drink then. 
water. Water, oh, brilliant. Healthy guy. Healthy. Favourite fast food? Uh, donuts. Donuts, alright, brilliant, brilliant. What's three things that you can't live without? Uh, donuts, <laughs> yeah. ice cream, yeah. and uh, uh, MMA. MMA, right, brilliant. Brilliant, man, that's awesome. All right, man, that's, so that's the end of our uh, podcast <laughs> now. And I just want to thank you for coming on. It was really good to talk to you and just learn yeah, a little bit more about me. you. No, absolutely my pleasure. And uh, just to finish off, if, is there any shout-outs you want to give to your sponsors, your team, uh, anything like that before we finish up? Yeah, I'll give a big shout out to, to Frontline Muay Thai in Oslo, as the gym I'm fighting out of. Yep. Uh, and uh, also thanks to my sponsors, Kinos uh, in Lillestrøm. It's a cafe. Uh, it started me out with food and stuff like that. Uh, Accelerator, a uh, logistic company. They, they run in the UK as well. If you need something shipped out, uh, check them out. Uh, and uh, they've got Art, Art Docs Fight Sport helping me out, sorting out different stuff. So that'd be good. Brilliant, brilliant, excellent. And your social media, what's your names on, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, just so people know? Uh, uh, Instagram, Normal MMA. Uh, Facebook, Thomas Normal. Brilliant. Thank you very much. You heard it here. It's Thomas Normal. Thank you for uh, being with us tonight. And we will have another episode for you very shortly. Goodbye. See you later, brother. Yeah, see ya. See you later. Bye. Oh, why did you do that?